One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to the Square Ball Podcast, a special series of short podcasts for you around Moscow's book, 100 Years of Leeds United. With me is Moscow. Am I not Daniel Chapman, author? Best-selling author, should we go for that? You could even say that if you like. Only in the Sunday Times, though. Not not other newspapers. Not worldwide, yet. Yes, now the voice uh, joining us on this Please Please Desperately Buy Moscow's Book uh, <laughs> podcast is Michael Normanson. Hello. <laughs> I what, haven't what, sold enough. What cut are we getting? <laughs> um... Are we back to the uh, the Turner twins with their cutting habits? There's a, a podcast throwback for long-time listeners. Right, so story number one then. As we urge you to go buy the audio book, which is available now from Audible, I have to say that, is that right? Well, that's the key thing. We've got some audio clips. They're like um, decent chunks of um, the voice of Screwfix is reading <laughs> is reading it. I, I forgot to look up how long the whole thing is. I think it's something like seven hours you can listen to him. Once you hear his voice, you'll hear maybe why the 2013-14 season sounds particularly appropriate in this uh, this game of Warnock or Warnot that um, the Audible played with me. I didn't get to choose who read it. I just heard it and I was like, oh, he sounds a lot like, never mind. But um, but because we've got these clips, we can do some uh, some stuff about them and play them out. And, and even if you don't want to buy the book, you get to learn something about Dick Ray. Who has the best name of any football manager ever. Right then, so let's start off then this little episode with a tale of festive fun. It's not exactly festive fun because it's Leeds fans. It's 1932, Christmas 1932, when Leeds fans, in the build-up to this, we'd just been promoted out of Division 2 again, Dick Ray's second promotion, which of course means he got us relegated in the meantime. But nobody was particularly happy about it. One fan described the promotion season at Elland Road as agony. Said the play was very poor, often ridiculously so. Uh, Gate receipts for the season were down by £7,500, which is a huge amount of money back in those days. And barracking of individual players was up to the point that the chairman, Major Albert Braithwaite, called it an absolute scandal. To be fair, they did only score 36 goals at home. And when you couldn't really, you know, you didn't get streams of away matches in 1932, it didn't matter what they were doing away. They were pretty bad at home, but they went up. And Dick Ray, being a, a stubborn old sod, who was really, he's quite Bielsa-ish in his refusal to buy players. He was insistent he will train the ones he's got, he'll find young players, make them brilliant, mould them, and everything will be great. And he did the, his first promotion, he inherited a team being relegated, kept them all together, took them up. They came down again, but he kept them all together, took them up again. And there were signs of life in 1932-33. We were going into Christmas 5th ahead of uh, going to play Herbert Chapman's glamorous Arsenal on Boxing Day, who, you might remember that Herbert Chapman started it. Well, he didn't start, but he was a lead City manager, and we lost him. He went and uh, he won a couple of tin cups with Huddersfield. And now Arsenal, he's got the innovative WM formation, changing the tactical game, 
And uh, they were that good, Arsenal. They'd just beaten Sheffield United 9-2. And they were runaway leaders at the top of the first division. Leeds went to Highbury on Boxing Day. The Christmas Cracker read the Leeds Mercury's headline. United have the pull. Arsenal go bang. In front of 55,876 people shrouded by fog at Highbury, Arsenal were outplayed. Keatley opened the scoring early in the second half, and although Arsenal quickly equalised, it was the only time United's aggressive defenders were beaten. Leeds had spirit, and six minutes from the end, Keatley headed the winner. Leeds moved up to joint second place. The return match was at Elland Road the next day. Tickets had been selling for weeks, mainly to people who wanted to see Herbert Chapman's innovative WM formation in action. Few had thought either match would be won by Leeds, but the United directors seized the occasion anyway, organising a presentation of the players to Lord Harewood and hoping for a performance that would make the city think Leeds were worth watching, as well as Arsenal. Victory at Highbury gave the day even more impetus. 56,796 was the largest ever crowd for a sporting event in Leeds and the largest in the country that day, and hundreds more watched from the new roof on the Lowfield stand, or the old roof, of the old Peacock Inn. Crowds climbed Beeston Hill for a view. The game was almost everything Leeds hoped for. Played at a frenetic pace, dictated by Leeds' relentless attacking. Edwards was back, and the defence became more important as Leeds tired but the Milburns were tackling with the same efficiency that controlled Arsenal at Highbury. Hart was turning defence into attack, and Copping was described in one report as playing for death or glory. The crowd roared throughout, and although the game ended nil-nil, nobody could complain about quality or excitement. By taking three points out of four from the Arsenal, wrote the Yorkshire Evening Post, Leeds United have achieved perhaps the greatest performance in association football in Leeds. What more could the public want? Very much enjoyed Mr. Screwfix's uh, enthusiasm there. He's good, isn't he? Buy any DeWalt combi and get a get a free free bag of screws. It's kind of got a slight vibe of that about it. <laughs> Do still buy it. <laughs> but it's very good. So what, was that what they wanted? No. Well, Arsenal was what they wanted. You could get the biggest sporting crowd ever seen in the entire city of Leeds to go and watch Herbert Chapman's Arsenal. But um, yeah, a couple of weeks later, Leeds slightly messed it up by going to play Derby County away in their next game and losing 5-1. So when the reports come back in the newspapers, all the fans are reading that thing, oh, bloody hell, Leeds again. And then the next match at home was Blackburn Rovers, 11 days after the Arsenal game, and the crowd was 14,043. So what? So we'd had 50-odd, what, what was it, 56,000? 56,796, followed by 14,043. <gasps> We've had such yo-yo crowds over the years, haven't we? That's hilarious. It is weird. This was the uh, the era when people started to to ask questions about the, the Leeds United support, um, because the, the character of Elland Road seemed to be different to even just... Um, up the road watching Hunslet Rugby League. I think I mentioned on the podcast before about how the atmosphere there was always seen as very supportive. As soon as the first whistle went, the fans would be cheering on the players and it would support them from first to last. Whereas at Leeds, they were moaning about absolutely everything. It wasn't just the football. Although, yes, I found the quote. Hugh Whitfield in the Leeds Mercury commented that uh, home players uh, comments on home players at Elland Road could be so barbed you would think you were among the fans of the other team. 
we were a bunch of sarcastic wankers, basically. In, in what do you mean, the were? Early 30s. Well, exactly. It does sound uh, quite familiar. And some of the other moans that were going on with the, the ticket prices were too high. The price of car parking was too expensive. We didn't sign enough players. Bradford were signing players, even though they had a big overdraft. So we were pointing very much as we point at Derby, like, how come they can sign players under FFP? We're going, well, how come Bradford can sign players? They've got debt as well. In those days, would you have been just maybe doing some drawings of Bailey Peacock Farrell's misdemeanors <laughs> saying I, I know I know no one can can quite understand this but this is this is roughly where the shot was from this is how his body shape was <laughs> recording it on a wax cylinder doing a podcast on a wax cylinder and it's worth pointing out we are second in the first division after the draw at Arsenal so things are going pretty well and it's been the we'll most fuck, we'll fuck uh, it up we always do <laughs> well that was the um, that's a little throwback to the first spell in the first division Dick Ray got us up to fifth and the uh the expectation was that this was the first brilliant Leeds team. I thought we're in with a chance of the title. Got relegated. <laughs> Absolutely just sank like a stone. The Leeds way. Yep. Pe- people do wonder why we're damaged. I mean, one of, I was coming on to the other complaints, showmanship and personality. And uh, one letter that I, I ended up um, titling this chapter after this, he wrote to the, uh, the paper and said, for goodness sake, let's have a new band. They were really bored with the music that was being played before games as well. They didn't like the marching band. And that, that's the big complaint at Ellen Road, is it? That was one of the big complaints. The kit, again, also, it's not all moans and groans, but this is the the idea the, that there was not enough showmanship and not enough entertainment at Ellen Road started to give rise to the talk about whether we should change the kit, because we're still wearing at this point the blue and white stripes that Hilton Crowther brought with him from Huddersfield Town, although I'm still not sure he... It was because of Huddersfield, because this is when he was also um, lobbying the Football Association, saying that we should all kits should be standardised throughout all the football leagues so that every team wears blue and white stripes at home and every team wears red and white stripes away. And then we just don't worry about what they're wearing. So I think that's one of the reasons why we're wearing, we were wearing blue and white stripes. It's not because he wanted us to be Huddersfield, it's just because he thought everybody should and it's that should be standard like if a you, Sabuti or kit. If you choose the only three colours... Why is one of the colours the same on both kits? <laughs> yeah. Seems like a poor choice. Why not have... Like, and if, if you think back to photography in that day as well, it's all black and white photography, so you're going to get two sets of stripes in, yeah. the, in the paper. Why not have, like, on, on a pool table, spots and stripes? <laughs> yeah, I'll just have one, someone in solid red and someone in white and blue stripes. I'm just saying, they didn't think this through. <laughs> well, that's possibly one of the reasons why it didn't happen. What the uh, the city started talking about was that if the colours of the club were associated with the colours of the city, that would bring the crowds back. Everybody would have much more enthusiasm. And um, they proposed a new kit of dark blue shirts with uh, with a collar and cuffs of primrose, which was soon updated to old gold. People decided primrose is maybe what, not what, the... What colour is primrose? Gold, basically. Okay. I, I looked it up. I don't know why they started up saying let's have it as primrose see my, in my mind primrose is a bit pinky I thought that as well yeah. I think of it as like a, almost like a purple pinky colour it's yellow clearly no one knew so primrose anyway, yellow yes they did, yeah. they did the right thing to, to choose a colour that people have heard of well they um, they had meetings about it and they were they were talking about it and the uh, the Yorkshire Evening Post wrote that to thousands of people all over the country Leeds means chiefly the association football team that plays at Elland Road anything therefore that is distinctive about the team and gives it a sense of character is surely all to the good so everybody's thinking right yeah new kit let's do it so they had a meeting the directors uh, thought about it talked about it and made a decision they changed the socks they used to have black socks with a blue and white top and they were replaced by blue socks with a white top. 
Revolutionary. <laughs> Big decision. <laughs> and then all the complaints then was, hey, they haven't even got enough money for shirts, let alone players. Did they have a third kit that was considered to look good with jeans? <laughs> do you ever, just like going back to this, just talking about kits and, and the, the change towards the city of colours, do you ever wish we were maybe still played in like blue and gold or something? Or do you think that we're so distinctive in all white? Well, we're not that distinctive because we, we nicked the idea. <laughs> so it's, it's Real Madrid's, know, but, well, it's Real Madrid's yeah, but, idea. But equally, loads of teams play in blue. I just kind of wonder. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I'm kind of I like the white. I'm I'm settled on it now. I'd and like to have the away kit as being still at least occasionally. I'd like to see the halves brought back. When you see the Leeds City kit, when they spent one season basically wearing Boca Juniors shirt, deep, really deep blue with just a yellow rectangular band across the chest, looks class. And I've always loved Boca Juniors kits, so I do kind of sometimes think that would be would be nice. But the problem is that's a different club as well, so it's it's kind of difficult to go back to that. But I say you know. Screw the rules. Let's have a Leeds City kit. Funny how Leeds fans have always been fairly miserable, though, even back then. Yeah, hard to please. I mean, 36 goals at home is not a, is not enough, I would say, even in a promotion season. So you could see there was a sense that the team was, was drifting on the pitch. Dick Ray was that stubborn about signing players that it just started to feel like everything was going really slowly. They finished eighth this season and then this old Wilf Copping who was mentioned in that match report was playing for death or glory Herbert Chapman uh, took a fancy to him for Arsenal and uh, and told the board we have to go and sign Wilf Copping doesn't matter how much it cost and it ended up being an absolute record fee but um, Herbert Chapman actually died before the, the transfer went through he was um, he was lead city manager He and if things had been different if World War One hadn't broken out if that all hadn't happened he might have brought great success to to Leeds City so it was a bit of a, a missed opportunity with him but he was that devoted to football that in the, the 30s at, at Arsenal he went to watch a reserve game despite having essentially pneumonia and that finished him off in the middle of a, a season but they they followed his instructions nicked Wilf Copping off us for something like 8,000 or 9,000 uh, pounds which again is an enormous amount of money um, in that era um, especially compared to what Dick Race spent in his entire time in charge he spent £3,000 in total on transfers in all the years he managed Leeds but we still finished ninth without uh, Wilf Copping um, and it was only when we started dropping to 18th in Dick Ray's last season that everybody started to say this is just he wasn't keeping it fresh the, we had good players but it had just been around too long players like Willis Edwards who didn't leave the club until Don Revie was a player in the uh, 1960 he finally Left, he'd been work. He, he spent some time as manager, although he was rubbish. Um, and then he worked as a as a scout and a coach. He'd been around since basically the, the start of the club, nine twenty four. I think he joined. It was all everyone's just like oh, it's all the same. And the the roof on the low fields was being built. That's mentioned in in the Arsenal match report. But it was being built section by section because the supporters club were raising the money for it. So they would raise enough money to build a third of it. That would get built. And then they'd raise the money for the next bit and that would get built. So everything... Go down Screwfix. Get the stuff. <laughs> if Screwfix didn't charge so much, they could have done it all in one go. But they had to... So everything was just kind of going along all right. And I think I compared it in the, the book to it's like a, a Rolls Royce. So it looks beautiful on the outside, but everybody else has got like much better engines now. So many familiar themes that have run through Legion United's history, even going back then. It's making me smile thinking about it. Well, there's a lot in this that kind of... When you go to next stages in the story, you have the the kit change. So uh, Major Frank Buckley, when he came in, he changed the kit as well, only 
slightly. He just changed around um, the the use of blue and yellow exactly how it was looking. But he made a change. Then Don Reevy came in and he changed the kits. And obviously the uh, the business of of the crowds not turning up the rest of that season after we had the. 56,000 crowd. Um, there was then the Blackburn one was 14,000. They didn't get in above 20,000 again all season for what was a top half first division campaign, which was rare in those days. Leeds had not been good up until this point. And that was always Don Reavy used to look around Elland Road and see it half empty and wonder what he could do to get people to come and watch this, this club. And yeah, and being a bunch of sarcastic bastards, it's not really changed. What I find really interesting in this as well is the idea, and when you put it in the modern context, people say, well, what are you bothered about the kit for? Why does it matter if it's got a bit of platinum on it? Or So what, it's only a badge. It's actually, you're at, when you place it in the historical context, you kind of realise how important these things are to the identity. Yeah, people have always been saying that it should reflect the place that the club is from. And I suppose we did have a, a real strange start. This week is the week leading up to the Huddersfield game and the Huddersfield Examiner is trying to whip up some interest in that as the uh, sort of the Hilton Crowther derby saying that because it, it was a hundred years ago at this time Leeds were still playing their first season in the Midland League the Reserve League because we were hoping that Hilton Crowther would just bring Huddersfield to Elland Road and we would take over their place in Division 2 and just fulfil their fixes and we would just bang we'd have a, a second division football club so the Huddersfield Examiner is I think they ended it with uh, something like uh all not Leeds are we, ha? Huh? So the, the origins of the club with uh, with this weird dalliance with being Huddersfield and borrowing their kit and stuff, we'd never really up to this point established ourselves as this is the Leeds club. And I think that may have nagged at people up to this point of like, well, what's it? Cause Leeds is a rugby town. Soccer's not really us. They don't even wear the club, the city colours. They're named after a weird bird what's the point and they you know they'll go and watch Arsenal Arsenal are very good with the the, the cannon and the the red shirts and the white sleeves but Leeds' identity was not really set at this point um, but people recognised it was important just had a look at Primrose it's kind of a mucky yellow gold colour isn't it it's not far away it's sort of it's a it's a similar it's a synonym for, for what we ended up with but gold just sounds a bit better Sounds more grandiose, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, thanks for that. We'll do some more on a different topic in the next little instalment of this mini-series of podcasts. If you want to get hold of the book, you can buy it on Amazon. You can get the audiobook on Audible. And if you want to get hold of Moscow's book signed by the man himself and personalised, it is more a little bit more expensive than Amazon, but they won't write in it for you, will they? No, and they won't post it to you personally. It's my hands on the envelopes and my... Uh, my labels in the printer go to the squareball.net forward slash book the squareball podcast small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right because rustoleum's new custom spray five in one gives you control with five different spray patterns so you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.